And as we were talking about seminary scholarships this morning, uh, many of you probably know, but some of you may not. Uh, everybody turn around and take a look at the wall back over there at the very back of the room. And you see a bunch of framed pictures back there. And everyone on that wall came out of Trinity and went into ministry for a season or for a lifetime. And I would say probably about two-thirds of them went to seminary. And I believe that Trinity helped with every single one of their um, tuition with, with, a, with a, a scholarship to cover part of that tuition. So truly, thank you for the impact that you have made. And that impact and those folks have gone in many different directions and, and served God and shared the good news of Jesus Christ. So thank you, thank you. I should say Steve didn't really come out of Trinity, but he was adopted into Trinity from the Baptist Church, and so you all helped him too. So thank you, thank you. So this year, uh, as, we, as we start the year, we have all been ready for a new start, a refresh, uh, a reboot, and that's what we've been talking about in the month of January. Uh, the first week I talked about, um, I reminded us all that we are beloved children of God and to remember our baptism. And then the next week, Steve invited us to uh, focus on and recenter our lives on loving God and loving all people. And this morning, we're going to take a look at what it means to restore community and how we are called to do that by loving God and by doing all the good that we can. Our scripture reading is from Paul's letter to the Galatian church. And you all may remember Paul actually started that church when he was on his missionary journey in Asia Minor. And he preached to them the message of God's transformation through the crucified Christ. And the Galatians joyfully received that message and were baptized and experienced the Holy Spirit. And Paul stayed there for a while. We don't really know exactly how long. But after he left, he, he wrote in Galatians 5-7 that, that he thought things were running pretty well when he left. But then by the time he writes this letter to the church at Galatia, he has received word that his work there was being undermined. The Jewish Christian missionaries were trying to convince everyone that the next step for them as followers of Christ was to obey the Jewish law or the Mosaic law, particularly circumcision. They, the Galatians, were encouraged to do that. And Paul was, was really frustrated because uh, the Galatians were being told that he hadn't, he hadn't properly trained them and properly informed them and that they really should move forward with being uh, circumcised. So in his letter, Paul wants to um, encourage them to reignite the gospel once again among them and, and to remember that they live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we pick up the reading for today. It's kind of the end of the letter. And Paul is encouraging them to pull together to pull together in mutual accountability and mutual responsibility and to live according to the law of 
Christ. So follow along with me as I read from uh, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. And then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause of pride. For all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. If you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all and especially for those of the family of faith. That's the word of God for the people of God and God's people say, thanks be to God. Let me invite you this morning to bow your heads and pray for me in sharing this message with you as I pray for you that God will speak a word to you today. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I don't know about you, um, and maybe you caught some of this, but when I read this passage, it sounds like it is full of contradictions. We are called to bear one another's burdens, and yet called to carry our own load. We are called to have pride or boast in our own work. It says that. But a couple of paragraphs later, it says that we are never to boast in anything but Christ and Christ crucified. We are told to work for the good of all, but to do so especially within the community of faith. We are told to live by the law of Christ and yet we know that Christ came to fulfill the law, meaning that we wouldn't have to live by the law again, but would have freedom in Christ. It all sounds a bit confusing and convoluted, and yet we know that that's how it often is in the life of faith. Frequently there is tension. Things aren't always cut and dry, there aren't always right and wrong answers, but it takes a good bit of discernment and reliance on the Spirit to live this life of faith and to live into the law of Christ, which, which is not legalistic, but is love. The law of Christ is love. And to especially to do that in our own community of faith. You know, sometimes it's hardest to love those in our own family this is our church family, our community of faith. 
But Paul does clearly call us to two different things in this section. He calls us to accountability and to responsibility, all with the purpose of the good of all. So first, accountability. The message version uh, of, uh, you know, you've heard of the Bible called the message. Um, the message version of these verses says it this way. Friends, if someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him. Paul's instruction is to hold them accountable, but to do so with the goal of restoration. Any accountability that we hold others to should be with the goal of restoration and, and of, of unity. That word restore is a very interesting one. It comes from the Greek word katartizo, which is a Greek medical term meaning to set a bone. You know, we have to set bones very carefully and it takes skill and um, and some manner of gentleness. I'm looking out at my father right now, and I remember I fell in the backyard, and he came out, and he actually set my bone. And I remember him saying, just look away for a minute, Catherine. And he took it, and he, and he pulled it down, and he set that bone. It takes uh, skill and, and, and a measure of gentleness as well. We must be concerned with holding others accountable but we also need to be concerned with how we do that. When someone sins, our goal is restoration. And that's not likely to occur without some skill and care and gentleness. Gentleness. Paul writes, we should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Oh, that gets me right here. That is very hard for me sometimes. And when we hold someone accountable, we are also to do it with great self-awareness and humility. Steve, are you still laughing over there at that? He knows that, I know. Um, but we are to do it with, with self-awareness and with humility. Again, the message says it this way, save your critical comments for yourself, for you might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Um, perhaps you've heard the phrase, there but for the grace of God go I. Have you heard that before? The legend has it that a man named John Bradford, who was a 16th century evangelical preacher and ultimately a martyr, coined this phrase. For the townspeople said that when he saw criminals being taken to the scaffolds, that he would always pause and say, there but for the grace of God goes John Bradford. He was clearly aware of his own bent to sin, his own humanity. He was then, because he was such a holy man and known as such a holy man, he was actually burned at the stake in 1555. Now, he may not have been the first one. He likely wasn't the first one to use that phrase. One of the early church fathers, the, the, the desert fathers and mothers from the 4th and 5th century, actually may have been the first one to make that type of statement and, and even take it one step further than that. This holy elder, upon seeing a certain brother fall deep into sin, 
Not only did he not judge him, but he wept and said, he fell today. Without a doubt, I will fall tomorrow, but he will certainly repent. Whereas for myself, I am not so sure of this. Paul calls us to bear one another's burdens, to hold one another accountable, and to always do so peppered with gentleness and humility that comes from self-awareness, accountability. And then the other thing that Paul calls us to is responsibility. He says we must all carry our own loads. Now that sounds kind of contradictory to bear one another's burdens, yet carry your own load. But carrying our own load can also be a way of lessening the load of another. It's a way of saying that we all must do our own part. Bearing one another's burdens also means sharing the load of another, of their stress, of their sorrow. And even here Paul writes of their economic um, responsibility. Now, I know I wouldn't have thought so either, that this is talking about financial responsibility, but digging a little bit deeper and, and looking at the Greek, it is talking about our economic responsibility as well as other responsibilities. Right here in the middle of these verses, there's this sentence that seems to not fit in. Paul writes, those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teachers. It's kind of an odd sentence, um, but when you parse it out, it really is talking, it's saying um, that we need to share our economic um, responsibility with one another. The teachers that he's talking about are the missionaries. They're the leaders in the church, or the leaders of the community of faith. And sharing in all good things is speaking of, their, uh, of, of the requirement of financial generosity. Again, the message paraphrase may help us understand it. It says, be very sure now, you who have been trained to a self-sufficient maturity, a maturity in the faith, that you enter into a generous, that's a financially generous common life with those who trained you, basically the church, sharing all good things you have and experience. Help carry the load financially and carry the load as well of stress, of sorrow, the load of another person's care. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear about Paul's call to accountability and responsibility, to bear another's burden and to carry my own load as well, to do the work of restoration with, with gentleness and to uphold every, in my end of the deal, with, with generosity and with self-sacrifice, all of that, you know, it can sound a bit exhausting and even overwhelming. But it's amazing how Paul then goes on to say exactly what I need to hear and perhaps what you need to hear as well. So, my friends... Let us not grow weary in doing what is right. Let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at the harvest time if we do not give up. In this time of a global pandemic, 
in our national pandemic that continues of injustice, inequity, and racism, overwhelmed by climate issues like wildfires and tornadoes and hurricanes, weary of partisan politics, beaten down by the infighting within churches and denominations about what is right and what is wrong. All of those things are exhausting. Yet Paul's words ring in our ears. Friends, let us not grow weary in doing what is right. And how do we do that? Not by our own strength, but by the strength and power of the Holy Spirit. Those who have received the Spirit are to live by the Spirit and thus fulfill the law of Christ. You know, when when we get caught up in the law in trying to figure out what is right and what is wrong and who is good and who is bad and who is in and who is out, we're focusing on the law, but not the law of Christ because the law of Christ is love. To love our neighbors as ourselves, to bear one another's burdens, to be a community of mutual responsibility and accountability, of gentle restoration and mutual dependence, to do all the good we can to all the people that we can as we spread this love. Do any of you remember the movie called Radio? It starred Cuba Gooding Jr. and he played the person of radio. Uh, it's the story of a young black man with developmental delays who grew up in Anderson, South Carolina, and he was taken under the wing of a beloved football coach in that town. It's based on a true story of the man, uh, James Robert Kennedy, known around town as radio. He was known as radio because he would often wander the town pushing his grocery cart filled with different radios that he had collected and carrying a radio. Um, and he was very nonverbal. Uh, radio was considered odd and an outcast and he was rejected. But then the football coach got to know him and befriended him, this beloved football coach. And as the football coach loved him, then the entire town began to embrace him. And there's this one scene, and it's a Christmas party on Christmas Eve, and everybody in town brings a present for radio and his mother. The very next scene is the next morning, Christmas morning, and Radio had gone home. Somebody had driven him home with a pickup truck, the back of which was filled with those gifts. The next scene the next morning is radio, and he's unwrapped all of those gifts, and he's put a load at a time into his grocery cart and driven it around his low-income neighborhood. And at each row house along the way, he stops and selects just the right gift for each one of his neighbors, giving away those gifts. Now, the problem was that there was a police officer who was new to town. He'd only been in town a week. 
And when he saw radio doing this, he was sure that radio was up to no good. Radio then gets confused and begins to resist the police officer and, and gets upset and the police officer actually arrests him because radio insists on leaving a gift on each one of his neighbor's porches. Toward the end of the movie, the beloved football coach then talks to the whole town and convinces the law enforcement to drop the charges against radio because they didn't understand what was happening. He still begins to receive a little pushback, this coach does. And at the time, he says, you're just upset because radio loves all of us all the time like we wish we could love each other even part of the time. That's what Paul calls us to do as the church, to love everybody all of the time with the love of Christ that carries one another's burdens and restores one another back into community that invites unity and invites all to belong and to be a part. Paul calls us and says to us, don't be weary in doing what is right. Even in times of conflict and division, even in times of injustice and oppression, even when we are overwhelmed by a pandemic that just won't end, let us not grow weary in doing what is right. John Wesley is attributed with, with saying it this way. Do all the good we can, by all the means we can, in all the ways we can, in all the places we can, at all the times we can, to all the people we can, as long as we ever can. Let us not grow weary in doing what is right. By the power of the Holy Spirit, and living out the law of Christ, which is love. Let's pray. Oh God, we come to you this morning and some of us may be tired and weary weary of carrying our own load, much less bearing the burdens of others as well. But, oh God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, ignite the fire in us. Strengthen us when we are tired so that we will not grow weary in doing good. Fill us with your Spirit that we might share that love overflowing out of us and into the world that others might come to know you and to know your love through each one of us. By the power of the Spirit, we pray. Amen.